Welcome to Conversations with Achievers. I'm your host, Robert Wright. I'm a mentor to owners, executives, and their teams, and CEO of Extraordinary People, LLC. I work with people that want to create extraordinary business performance with less stress, more joy, and more personal fulfillment. So sit back, relax, and prepare to learn from your peers as we explore what it takes in terms of attitudes, habits, and behaviors that achieve extraordinary results. Results for yourself, for your family, and your community. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Achievers. Uh, It's always good to be with you, my audience uh, of business people, looking for that little edge that will help us be more successful, have more fun, more peace, more joy, more time in our lives. And today we have a really interesting and and fascinating story to tell you via my guest, Richard Blank. Richard, welcome. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are? First, Robert, I can't thank you enough. I love your show, Conversations with Achievers. I gravitated towards it. Next thing you know, I'm sitting here with you today. So I got a lot of great things to share. But I'm originally from Northeast Philadelphia, graduated the proud Abington High School back in the day. And my favorite class was Spanish. So I doubled down on it. I was a Spanish major at the University of Arizona. During college, I interned for Telemundo. Post-grad, worked for the importers of Corona. Robert, when I was 27 years old, I was given a one in a million opportunity to move to Costa Rica for just a couple months, work at my friend's call center. Well, listen, if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. (laughs) That two months turned into working with my friend for four years, and I've been living abroad for 23 years. And so um, really, I was building on momentum, loving the second language. It opened many doors for me. And just by keeping that sort of open mind, I was able to build a life outside the United States. Well, I, you know, we, we spoke a bit before we started today, and I mentioned that I've lived abroad, and many of my listeners know this, for 23 years of my adult life. And, uh, but I went to Japan, that was my first resident hmm. uh, stay, with a promise of staying three months, exactly similar to yours. And that first day was 12, first stay was 12 years. Mm-hmm. So I do identify with that piece. <laughs> so to, talk to me about what uh, you've been up to in Costa Rica. Well, for the past 15 years, I'm the CEO of Costa Rica's call center. And, but prior to that, when I was at my friend's center, really, I was not C-level. I was with the proletariat. I saw the good and the bad and the happy and the sad. And the one thing I learned, and I think it's applicable to any vertical, is that people deserve their dignity and they want job stability. They want some sort of acknowledgement, but not false praise. And if you encourage somebody to grow and you invest in them in self-reliance and self-confidence, you you can get some people that will possibly extend fidelity and not leave. I mean, I compete against Amazon, Robert. And so it's you know, we're dealing with the big boys here. So how do I compete? Well, my location's great. I'm right downtown by the universities, train stations and and hospitals, but it's not that. I got the largest pinball retro arcade game collection here in Central America for my agent. (laughs) So they got free play to hang out with me to recharge batteries and let off steam. But I also want to know their name and break bread with them. And prior to making a single phone call, we, we go into the training room after playing some games, of course. 
to work on soft skills and to address fear because what they've done by learning a second language is 10 times harder, Robert, than any campaign I'm gonna put them on. And so once we can establish balance and everyone can calm down, then I can decompress and get rid of some of the bad habits that they're coming to the center with and focus on other strengths. And, and I've been able to do this over the course of two decades and trained over 10,000 people. But really to me, my friend, it's, it's paying it forward. You complimented me prior to this podcast saying, I'm a good salesman. I, I also see myself as an educator. Really, I don't like to force hands. You have to make the final decision to move forward. But I really want to give them something to where they're not compromising ethics, values, and morals. They become more marketable. I can use this delicate English second language to enhance their vocabulary, make it more diplomatic and strategic. So it's more well, about- uh, I think our, our audience would really find some value in, in uh, having you expand on your interview and you know that process of bringing people in. It seems to me that it's a, it's a bad bargain for many business people. Uh, they don't know what to do in interviewing somebody. And then the interviewee comes in believing they need to kind of pull the wool over your eyes or portray themselves as something different than they are. Certainly, you mentioned fears, certainly covering up any fears that they have. So you you, it's a lose-lose situation, I think, for many business people. What do you do that to get that barrier to come down and to get an authentic answer from uh, a potential hire? Well, I just see it as an adjustment of mass and energy. It's not a lose-lose for me because if I'm just going to do a traditional interview and you're going to give me the bells and whistles and five minutes worth of rehearsed rhetoric, we're not getting anywhere. I'm going to ask you, Robert, to turn the piece of paper over and give me a couple paragraphs of a coming of age moment. I want to know when you beat up a bully, saved a kitten, or did it twice in one day. <laughs> I want to see if you can expand, but naturally I want to see your grammar and vocabulary, but let me see what you are on a rainy Wednesday so I can really get there with you. And the fact that you disclose something with me, taking care of family, being a marathon runner, maybe a master of the violin or art, or just being an awesome person with certain interests outside of the center. That's more important to me. This is an individual, Robert, I can work with. I mean, if I'm just hiring a gun, they're a mercenary and Machiavelli's the prince. They'll just leave me for an extra dollar. I'm looking for somebody that's thinking long-term so I can delegate and promote you and, and give you that sort of self-confidence to come to my office and tell me about a good call or potentially a bad call and see when we listen to your phone call through the QA department, you're gonna be the one to tell me where you could find areas of focus or improvement because it's self-analysis and self-study. I've, I've balanced your bike enough, Robert. You should be at the stage right now where maturity and impulse control, you can shed some, some fat and show me where you could be the most productive and that's, if you're planning on leading, you need to show me that you can make those sort of adjustments because you'll be adjusting others. And it's a beautiful growth process and we do it carefully. So somebody, we will bend you. I'm just not going to break you. And so mm. my good friend, that's how I usually start off these interviews with people. And I also want to know if they like playing the games because if they're too serious and rigid, then we don't even have recess at this school and it's not going to be fun hanging out with you either. And so... <laughs> 
I want no, you I to be it. cool so you can join the gang. I love it. Yeah, you know the. Uh, it, it just occurred to me that you had all of this interest in in the Spanish language, but now you're, and of course, uh, on a daily living basis, you're using it uh, and a lot, I'm sure. But you're also interviewing, I assume, in English because you want those people to be really fluent with uh, uh, mainland customers. Of course. But also, if you are bilingual, it does bear the mark of higher education. And some people have some sort of insecurities or vanity regarding their accent. Well, look at Ricardo Montalban on Fantasy Island, for goodness sakes, or, or you know, Zsa Zsa Gabor. I mean, these are beauty marks. I focus more on personality and grammar and vocabulary. If you happen to have a really cool accent, it will work to your advantage. You're a, a shiny object for somebody. And if anybody has taken the time to learn a second language, they understand the force march and the struggle. And so, as I say, prior to making phone calls, it's the psychology of walking onto the battlefield before I give you a shield and a sword. And so I just don't want you to flip the seat. I don't want you to give up and quit. This is a time to show some backbone, you know, mm. and some grit and to see if you have that sort of fortitude to be able to grow because a lot of people today feel delicate or, or they're, Egos could be shattered. And since I do compete against Amazon and some large centers, my good man, they could be hired today if they wanted to. And mm. so they have the leverage. So you need to keep that cage open. And if the bird stays, you got it. And so you that's the thing I focus on, not the actual job itself. Because as I mentioned before, I mean, that, that, that's just a thing that you just can't really compare. So your, your goal is to access the human that's in front of you. And, They're not robots. And they have right. breaking points. And what my industry has a very large burnout. People hate it. In fact, mm. in certain areas of the world, they look down upon it. But listen, Robert, look what Hollywood does. They glorify it. With The Wolf of Wall Street, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Boiler Room, Prime Gig. I'll name you a thousand movies where you see these glib salesmen slinging stock or real estate. But there's also a ton of people that can retain a client, get an upsell, get a referral, or even tell the supervisors or owners of a company through an exit interview of a very long-term loyal client. Things we could do to improve ourselves. And so... Most people today, Robert, are working with omni-channel non-voice support. They like the chat, the emails, and things like that. I prefer the human touch because that's what people want these days. There's a lot of frustration with that and latency and miscommunication. And so in regards to my center and even this industry, there's a lot of people that can assist at banks, at medical centers, with law firms, or just anywhere and anywhere. People still want to talk today. As much as, as, as texting is important, when it's really in, when it's the big thing, a code red, you really want to talk with someone. And so uh, I uh, want that, uh, I want that human being. We're always that's, pressing zero, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way to say it. I think that we can all identify with that. Richard, in building your business and uh, something we try to do in each of our programs is to ask our guests, uh, first of all, uh, has there been a wreck or two and how did you recover from it? And then following that, what have you learned about running your business that you think would be of value to our audience? The only wreck or two that I had was blind faith. 
And also I was, I was a little naive in the beginning. I, I thought that once someone was with me, they're going to get a gold watch 40 years later. I, I was not used to attrition. No one wants to be broken up with right before the junior prom. And so um, <laughs> I, I had to realize that chaos shows character. And the moment that I called my client, explained the situation, had a solution, no surprises. We had that foundation. And then when the good times are there, we're popping corks and everyone's loving it. And so that's just a part of maturity and growing up in business. You have to be realistic. But what did I do correctly? I was extremely conservative with my money. And so when I started, I didn't overextend myself. I, I didn't need a penthouse suite. This is a non-visual job. It's a call center. And I was working out of my home. So I started renting a turnkey station at a blended call center. I didn't have my privacy, but... Station worked, I had the overhead, paid the taxes, made the margin. You know, it was top dollar, did it for a couple of years. But once you built the capital, I was able to rent out space for 150 seats. Naturally, you can purchase used equipment. That saved me, you know, pennies on the dollar so I could scale that way. And then after a couple of years, I had enough capital to purchase a building where I'm currently at and build a third floor and house 300 seats. It's not exotic like the hair, it's the boring tortoise that goes slow and steady, but can avoid the holes and the rabbit holes and the things that can set you back. And, and, and then finally, when you do lose a client, if you are responsible and you have reserves, you're not making very quick and rash decisions, desperate decisions or panicking to pay your lights. And so that, grandma uh, said, if you can't pay for it in cash, don't do it. So a lot of the stuff was exceptionally conservative when starting my business. That key word is desperation. You know, that <laughs> you make, all of us make the worst decisions when we're desperate. So uh, it's, uh, it's good to do what you have to do so that you just avoid ever being desperate. Uh, I, you never want to compromise ethics. I'd rather turn down more accounts than accept. And if you're desperate, you're taking things that are gray area and shady. Next thing you know, I'm the fall guy and I'm not going to do that. It's a strict Catholic country. The agents can choose where they want to work. And so I have to ensure after two decades that my reputation is fine and that I'm offering things where they can go home and tell their mothers what they do for a living. You know, the uh, an interesting thing for me is that uh, it's really the distinction between uh, startup entrepreneurs who are really doing it on their own versus people that have that go out to get funding. And God bless them and when it works out. But I, I notice with clients that sometimes the enemy is having too much money in the bank, uh, that they get a little sloppy uh, with uh, commitments that they make. You know, the big even the big tech giants now are laying off tens of thousands of people they overhired when things looked like they were going to, you know, get better forever. Now, you know, they're dealing with uh, somebody else's money and that's different than uh, somebody like you or me or many of our listeners who are dealing with their own cash and uh, need to need to uh, avoid desperation. Uh, they need to be desperate about avoiding desperation. Does that make sense? <laughs> It also depends on how you were raised. If you had certain mentors and educators mm -hmm. that taught you financial responsibility, 
or you possibly had a crazy uncle that spent money like a drunken sailor. You can kind of see what that looks like. The guy doesn't have two nickels to rub together. But, um, you know, when it, when it comes to running a business, you know, what's it, 10% of businesses make it a year, 1% make it 10 years? I mean, my stars were aligned. This should have never happened. And so for me, I guess being grounded and humbled the whole time is fine. Almost Kenny Rogers telling you in The Gambler, you don't count your chips until you leave the table. I'm not counting a single chip until the day I retire. I'm still grinding this out like Rocky. I might be in like the ninth round still. I don't know, but I'm not looking up until it's done. And I'm going to, and, and like the best gamblers are the ones that's, that play steady hands and they, they have a system. And so if you say money is bigger in the bank, well, that sometimes increases problems and you shouldn't be sloppy. You should be even sharper so you don't lose it. But, but I mean, this is a case by case basis. I'm just talking about myself. I just know how I was raised, the people that showed me, my grandparents, how they started their companies at the turn of the 20th and made their money during the depression. I found that extremely interesting. It's, it's like the people that have the cash during the depression purchase stuff and then they hold on to it when the, things are booming. And so there's timing to yes. it as well. And so, as I say, the best thing to do is take a deep breath and ponder it. And don't, don't make those rushed decisions if there's not a sense of urgency, Robert. You know, that uh, I just was talking about most small and medium-sized business people, and yet I'm going to quote or, or attempt to quote Andrew Grove. You know, he was the long-serving CEO of Intel and, mm -hmm. and built it from a, you know, a nice little company to a behemoth. And uh, I can't recall his exact quote, but it had to do with, basically a healthy paranoia, you know, a healthy fear of what might go wrong. Another expression that I've always liked is that part of the CEO's job is to do a stray bullet drill from time to time. You know, that one, that one opening that might destroy your business, you know, to really look for that, plan for that. Here's what we would do if the worst possible thing happened. And it's not, uh, I've learned that it's not about becoming cynical and negative. It's just about being a good business person. And that, that's to look for that stray bullet, look for that possibility. Uh, you know, in my case, uh, uh, I over expanded in Japan before the bubble burst there. So I was in seven training centers paying very high rents in leases I could not get out of. So uh, and, and of course, of being Japan, I can't buy anything. So uh, that created a, an extra issue for me when uh, uh, people's kind of extra income, which is what they were using to pay for our programs, when that went away, uh, I found myself way overextended on the expense side. And it took a real, uh, real effort and a lot of my personal cash going back into the co company to turn that around. But I, I had somehow, it's kind of hubris, I guess. I thought it was just gonna go on forever like that, you know, that we were gonna just continue to grow and we were somehow insulated from the broader economy, which of course is never true. Exactly, let me, uh, let me share a good case example for you on prevention versus cure. And it's not being a devil's advocate, but let me explain in business what we do. That's why planes have parachutes. 
I need internet redundancy here. So I have multiple internet companies coming in in case there's a problem or one goes down. That, that's a preventative measure. That's, that's a conversation of something going wrong. What about my backup generator? I mean, I am in one of the best grids of the city, but let's be realistic. Sometimes power goes out. So once again, I have a backup generator to ensure that we don't go down. And then what about immediate on-site IT support? I have to have a chief technical officer in assistance because if something happens to a CPU, a headset, or just anything, you need somebody there. And so um, I don't mind talking about that. I don't mind making big piles into smaller piles, or if you wanna rake the leaves, I'll do that too. I'll talk about it any way you want. But to me, I'll also do one final thing. And I, and I love when Kings would ask his kingdom questions. I will listen to everybody here. I'll listen to everything because they're gonna see things that I don't see. They're the eyes and the ears. And if they're comfortable enough to assist me in uncovering ways to enhance their work, so A, they make more money, B, the campaign is stable, client adds more seats, everybody wins. And, and so um, I like that stuff. It's not a negative Nancy or a Debbie Downer. These are people that are literally checking everything on their ship so they can make it. And that's what captains do. Is it the tough job? No, it's the responsible guaranteed job. Who am I guaranteed? I'm a 100%. I'll be here on Saturday if I have to. 2 a.m. Sunday, no problem. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm in this to win this. And you might need to be selfish and make other sort of sacrifices if this is what you want. Yeah. You have to understand you need to fulfill with certain things in order to run a business. I think we could do another hour just on that. Uh, Richard, it's been wonderful to have you with us. I, I, I have one personal question, then I want to give you some space just to tell uh, people, you can tell people how to get in touch with you. Uh, I noticed the Wurlitzer, of course, in your background. <laughs> Is it operative? I mean, can you push B-17 and get... Uh, some doo-wop? It is. Um, but actually, the Wurlitzer is downstairs. She's a beautiful 1961 Rocola Regis. And then there's my private candy stash. I own 13 pinball machines, six jukeboxes. One man trash is another man's treasure. And I love <laughs> and seeing the beautiful craftsmanship and the marquees and the play fields. And so, yes, my good friend. But here's the bad part. So you get these machines right and they're stacked with 45s and I'm thinking I'm getting in excess and Jimi Hendrix. Oh no, these are people in Central America you've never heard of before, but all my agents have. <laughs> I'm giving them out as prizes to everybody. I didn't take any of them. Unfortunately, I knew nobody. It's not like La Bamba. I mean, these are songs you just never heard of before. And so uh, I've never really landed a Led Zeppelin cachet, but I'm waiting for my day. Your time will come, my friend. Uh, if people want to reach you uh, or uh, connect up with you, how do they do that? I got an extremely large Facebook fan page. And then when this goes live, you're going to have thousands of new fans. And just real fast, it will give your audience a, a glimpse of the business process outsourcing industry in Central America. Costa Rica is north of Panama, south of Nicaragua. We're the only democratic society in Central America. Robert, there's no standing army. They put all of their money back into education. It's a 95% literacy rate. 
most neutral English accents, best infrastructure and companies, as I mentioned, Amazon, HP, Intel, and Oracle are here. We're known for medical and ecotourism. And finally, your buddy Richard's here. And I got a thousand and one suggestions for you and your audience. <laughs> so the Facebook fan page, Richard Blank, will do it? At Costa Rica's call center. We got about 113,000 at the moment. Wow, that's cool. Richard, I want to come and see, meet you personally. Uh, for, uh, and that's just uh, another thing on my, my uh, bucket list. Uh, uh, you know, I've got all these kids that have done all these amazing things in their lives that I haven't done. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, to some degree, I suppose they're following their father's footsteps in some ways, but now I'm, I'd like to follow theirs and do a little bit more fun travel. So a lot of people are under pressures and their opinions are provided. It depends if you want to be a dreamer and take that chance. That's my last bit of advice. Fortune favors the brave, be bold, drink life. As long as you have good intentions and good faith, then by all means, I, I think you should try. You never know where it could take you. Richard, thank you for today, for the wisdom, for the fun, for the smiles, for the ideas. Uh, much appreciated. Pleasure's mine, Robert. Thank you so much. All the best. Thanks so much for joining us for Conversations with Achievers. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for this weekly show, the details are at therobertwhite.com and click on podcasts. I'm looking for businessmen and women with a story to tell, stories that might benefit other owners and executives. If you got some value from this program, I'd really appreciate you sharing about it on social media and just mentioned www.therobertwhite.com slash podcast. Of course, subscribing means you won't miss a show and rating the podcast positively will leave Robert smiling. I'm building a movement here for leaders, leaders who want to succeed in business, succeed with their families, have fun, and contribute toward making the world a better place. It's special to me that you chose to listen. I look forward to connecting again next week. Remember, reach out to me anytime with any questions or concerns at therobertwhite.com. Bye for now.